Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I would like you to please turn with me to two verses of scripture. We have used these two verses of scripture as our foundation for last week's message. I would like to give you a brief recap on what we taught last Sunday and then pick up from there and conclude the value of spiritual education so the message today will be part two of the value of spiritual education. John chapter 14, verse 26, and 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 26, and 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. The Lord Jesus is speaking in John 14, and he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, last Sunday, we have studied the role and ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer in regards to being taught and spiritually educated. We have looked at three primary keys in cooperating and assisting the Spirit to fulfill His ministry where our spiritual education is concerned. The first key that we've looked at is honor, acknowledging His indwelling presence within us, giving Him a place of honor, as and communicating with him or building our relationship with him releases him to do what he was sent to do. The second key we looked at is knowledge of the scriptures. The more of the word of God we know, the easier it is, of course, for the spirit to educate us in the things that pertain to our success and prosperity. Throughout the Bible, we are admonished and instructed to study and meditate in the Word of God day and night. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 tells us, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In the New Covenant, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, the instructions, as you can see, we are given concerning what we are to do with the word of God are very clear. Paul writing to Timothy says, study to show yourself approved unto God. The third key we looked at is obedience to the will of God. Our obedience to those things which are revealed to us through the spirit from the word of God removes the dullness from our spiritual senses and we become teachable and receptive to the things of the spirit. In other words, we need to walk in the light we have been given by the spirit through the word. Now, these three keys are essential if we are to walk and to be taught and educated by the spirit of God. Today, we will conclude the, the subject of spiritual education and we will look at the role of the fivefold ministry gifts God has given to the church in order to further educate and equip us for works of service. Not only do we have the spirit within us teaching and guiding us, but we also have the fivefold ministry gifts of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Now, according to the scriptures, these are grace gifts are an extension of the ministry of Christ to the church. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 through to 14. I would like you to read these particular verses from your own Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 through to 14. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus tells us what these gifts are concerning our equipping and educating us in the things of God. Let's read. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself, that is Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Notice that these grace gifts to the church are men, anointed men, who stand in the various offices and callings for the purpose of equipping the saints for works of service, for the edification of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man so that we are no longer children who are carried about with every wind of doctrine. So when I say men, I mean, I, I mean women as well. They are anointed people standing in these various offices or callings, and they are sent to the body of Christ for the very purpose that we just read. In other words, these gifts are charged by the Lord Jesus to bring the church into spiritual maturity so that we are no longer children, spiritually speaking, but mature sons and daughters of God who are not gullible and easily deceived by the craftiness of deceitful men and women. The Passion Translation says it this way, the verse 14, and then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble or led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. Now, as we can clearly see from these scriptures that we read, we also need to pay close attention to these grace gifts that God has given to the church if our spiritual education is to be complete. We can't just say, well, we have the Holy Spirit within us. We don't really need these other gifts to further our education. Well, if the Lord didn't see the need for these grace gifts, then he wouldn't have given them to the church. Amen. You with me? Therefore, we need to take heed and pay close attention to these ministry gifts if we are to grow up spiritually and fully develop in our faith. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, before these grace gifts are enabled to do the work in the life of the church, the church needs to recognize, honor, and receive them as such. If the Lord sends you an apostle or a prophet and you fail to spiritually recognize or honor him as such, 
you will not be able to receive anything from them. We receive a prophet's reward if we receive and honor the prophet as such. You receive an apostle's reward if you recognize, honor, and receive him as such. And we will examine in detail what each one of those gifts are supposed to impart into our spiritual lives. The only grace you and I receive is the one we honor and recognize. And this is a universal law. Jesus lamenting the fate and future of Jerusalem said the following in Matthew 23, verse 37. Matthew 23, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her cheeks under her wings, but you were not willing. And you know what happened to Jerusalem in 70 AD, completely destroyed. Now, this could be said of nations, cities, families, or even individuals. When God in his mercy sends his messengers to us, to teach, to correct, to redirect, to educate us. And instead of honoring them and obeying them, we reject them and persecute them and say all manner of evil things about them. Then we are sealing our own fate and our own destruction. And this is so true. I've witnessed it firsthand. And I've seen the devastation of families who did not accept nor received the messengers that God sent to them. I don't want to go into that because it's a very personal thing. So, but I have witnessed this and I have seen the devastating results of what happens to people who actually reject and not only reject, but begin to persecute and say all manner of evil things about the people that God has sent to them. Now, let's look at an incident where Jesus went to his hometown in Nazareth. He went there to bring the good news to them. He went there to heal their sick, to deliver the captives. But he walked away unable to do any of those things because they did not honor him. They did not recognize or received him as the one that was sent by God to them. We read this account in all of the three gospels, but I want to read to you Mark's account because this is the shortest one. Let's turn to Mark chapter six, verses one through six. Mark's gospel chapter six, verse one through six. And Jesus went from thence and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, 
that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. As we can see, Jesus was not received by his own city and by his own countrymen. As a result, because they did not recognize or honor him, he was not able to do what he was sent there to do. Here is the principle I mentioned earlier. Anointed men and women of God who are sent to minister to us cannot function in the capacity unless they are honored, recognized, and received by the church. In order to highlight what I'm teaching today, I want to take you to the Old Covenant in order to establish this principle. To 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Many of you are familiar with this portion of scripture. And we're going to read from verse 8. 1 Kings 17, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the prophet, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which is spoke by Elijah. So you see here, 
here we see the principle that I am sharing with you. God sends the prophet Elijah in the midst of severe drought. The Bible says many, many thousands of people died of starvation. Many widows in the land of Israel died of hunger. And here the Lord speaks to Elijah and he says, I want you to go to Zarephath to a widow there, for I have instructed that widow to feed you. So Elijah went there and it is clear from what we just read that the widow and her son were rescued from certain death because she received the prophet of God. She gave him a place at her table even sharing her last meal and gave him a roof over his head. Many churches today, and this is no lie, would be rescued from spiritual death as well as financial ruin, and many others will be delivered from strife and division if they would only recognize and honor the messengers the Lord in his mercy sent to them. God is merciful, and God always has a plan of escape. He will provide for us, he will protect us, but we also need to take heed to his principles that he set forth in his word. Unfortunately, in many denominations today and sections of the church, apostles and prophets are not accepted or recognized. And as a result, they remain out of God's order. They may accept the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher, but in many sections of the church, apostles and prophets are not recognized or honored as such. This also can happen not just to churches, but to individual believers who are ignorant of these principles I'm sharing with you today. You hear Christians say things like, well, I don't need a pastor in my life. I don't need spiritual oversight. The Lord Jesus is my oversight. And they say that with pride and all of that, but that's just ignorance. They are ignorant of the fact that if they reject shepherding and spiritual oversight, they are actually rejecting the Lord Jesus himself because he's the one who has instituted these very offices to the church. And we've read what Jesus said, he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. And so in order for us to be fully equipped and spiritually educated, we need to honor and receive all of the ministry gifts the Lord Jesus had given to the church. Now, take, for instance, the apostle. What is the function of an apostle in the life of the church or in an individual's life? The apostle strengthens and establishes us in the faith. 
he can function in all five gifts. So through his ministry, he establishes us in the faith. He lays a foundation beneath our feet that will carry us because it is strong, it is scriptural, and has the ability to sustain us in all kinds of situations. That's what the apostle does. He establishes us and strengthens us in our faith. The prophet, what does the prophet primarily do? The prophet aligns us with the heart and the purposes of God by bringing vision and correction into our lives. Take the shepherd, for example. What does the shepherd do? The pastor. According to the scripture, the shepherd nurtures. He feeds the flock. He cares for the flock. And he protects us from the wolves that come to destroy our lives. And the teacher has an ability and an anointing from God to open up the scriptures and explains them to us in such a way so that we can fully comprehend and understand what God wants to communicate through the scripture to us. And of course, the evangelist, his function and ministry is to train the believer how to share his faith effectively, reaching out to the lost, bringing them into the church, and introducing them to the kingdom of God. So as you can see, all of these ministry gifts are vitally important for our spiritual education and the spiritual health of the church. So perhaps you are wondering and asking the question as to which of these grace gifts my ministry functions in. Well, let me answer that question to the best of my ability. I never call myself an apostle or a prophet or a whatever. People ask me, my name is Andreas. I say that because to some people, I am sent as an apostle and a prophet. To others, I am sent as a shepherd and a teacher. Am I always recognized and received as such? No. But to those who have spiritual recognition and received me as a gift God sent to them, they receive the maximum reward. That's why I say to some people, I'm just a teacher. To others, I'm a spiritual father. To others, I'm an apostle. They receive me as such. So they're going to receive uh, what they recognize, not necessarily what I carry. As I mentioned to you, you only receive the grace that you recognize and honor as such. Now, and this is my prayer. This is my prayer for me. This is my prayer for the church. That the Lord would give us spiritual recognition. That is one of the most, how can I put it, necessary and important gifts 
that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to develop, especially in the hour that we are living in. There are many that are gone out into the world, false prophets, false teachers, claiming to be what they are not. Too many voices going out there. And that is why we need to develop our spiritual recognition to recognize, to honor, and receive those whom God sends to us in a way which releases them and empowers them to do what they were sent to do in the first place. Would you agree with me? So we pray for spiritual recognition. So before I conclude, I want to pray this prayer with you. And I trust that you have learned something today that will benefit and help you in your faith and in your walk with God concerning being fully developed, coming into a mature person who is able to stand strong regardless of the external conditions or situations that we face so often in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Spirit. And we need to recognize his indwelling presence. We need to honor that presence. And we need to consult with his presence. As the word of the Lord says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. To acknowledge the Holy Spirit means to honor him to receive and recognize him, to communicate and consult with him as we walk through this life. And as we do that, the word of God says, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our paths. But we also need to recognize, honor and receive the five gifts, grace gifts that God has given to the church in order to bring us into a place of maturity, stability, and as the word of God says, come to the unity of the faith, to a mature man, to the full stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. So let's pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Michael, who will uh, give us an announcement uh, concerning uh, the 6th of December. Let's just bow heads and pray, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fivefold ministry gifts you have given to us, to the church. Open our eyes, please, to see the value of these gifts so that we can give them the honor that is due to them and the proper recognition they deserve. We receive this in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.